This episode of Dim the Lights contains spoilers for The Lighthouse and Hocus Pocus 1993. Listeners, be aware. Yarg, mateys. Welcome to Dim the Lights with E&T. We're heading straight into Davy Jones' locker today with today's episode about the lighthouse. Arg. Are you ready, mateys? <laughs> right. <laughs> and we'll also briefly mention Hocus Pocus, but welcome to episode five, everybody. Um, happy Halloween. It should be Halloween, like Halloween day when we really release this so happy halloween yeah we're we're kind of we're going on a little bit of a halloween trip uh next week we're gonna uh the scary subject will be about genocide yes <laughs> sadly and after that uh we'll be talking about uh spooky animatronics and aliens yes and then after that we'll be talking about something a little more wholesome with dia de los muertos yes so pretty exciting stuff over the next couple of weeks but today, like you said, we're talking about The Lighthouse. We were going to watch Hocus Pocus. Ethan, unfortunately, was not able to watch it, which I'm kind of sad about because I really enjoyed it. But I'll briefly hit on it. So mainly we're talking about The Lighthouse today, yeah, which is pretty darn good. So kicking off, just jumping right into The Lighthouse, a little bit of information before we get started on our discussion. It was nominated for Best Cinematography at the 92nd Academy Awards and 73rd British Academy Awards. And The Lighthouse was directed by Robert Eggers. I could be saying his last name wrong, but it's the guy who did The Witch and he co-wrote this movie with his brother Max. And it was inspired by the unfinished Edgar Allan Poe short story of the same name. And it was also inspired by a 19th century myth of two wikis, both named Thomas, and one of them died at a small lighthouse in Wales. And this was also inspired by the works of Herman Melville, Robert Louis Stevenson, H.P. Lovecraft, and Sarah Orrin Jewett. And so the visual aspects of the film were inspired, also inspired by 1890s photos of New England and 1930s marine time French films and symbolist art and some other playwrights. And fun fact, they actually built the lighthouse. And they, like, actually, like, shot on. And they actually did shoot on an island in, like, the middle of the Atlantic, like, near Ireland. I think they, I read they um, shot it off Nova Scotia, Canada. Yeah, yeah, they did shoot it at Nova Scotia, but it was, like, still in, like, the Atlantic area. Yeah. Still, like, a European setting of the film. And, like... Basically, like, all of, like, the weather conditions in the movie were, like... Real. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes it better, that field production experience. And, of course, the movie was shot on 35mm film, and it's a black and white movie, which is pretty cool. Yes, and it has a 1.19 to 1 aspect ratio. Yeah. Making it almost a complete square. Yeah. It's pretty dope, honestly. I like the form. I liked how they shot it. I like the f- way the film structured and formatted. But I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later on. So, Ethan, do you have any information you'd like to share before we start talking? Apparently, a thing that aided in the chemistry between uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson is how they both do their deliveries. Willem Dafoe likes to. Uh, 
rehearse all of his stuff before he does shooting, mm-hmm. while Pattison prefers to say the line on command instead of rehearsing beforehand. That's interesting. I don't know much about acting techniques, but they both killed it in this movie, so... Yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson does that because he because uh, he thinks that's the best way to get the most genuine emotion out of something. Mm-hmm. Do you think he did that in Twilight? Uh, <laughs> I, I I think that was just because the producers and directors were just incompetent. I've never actually seen Twilight. I kind of want to watch. I read two of the books. I kind of want to watch it because I know the movies are bad, but I think it'd be a kind of like fun bad. Have you seen the Harry Potter series? No. You haven't. He's in the fourth Harry Potter. He plays Cedric. Uh, He's so cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to watch those movies now because reasons. He's good in the fourth Harry Potter movie. Yeah. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, and he was also good in this uh, movie by the Safdie brothers, Good Time. Good Time. When did that come out? Uh, I think 2018. 2018? Interesting. Cool. He was also in uh, Tenet. Tenet. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Sick. So, Ethan, what did you like about The Lighthouse? First, the cinematography was beautiful. Absolutely. It looked like a painting the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it even gave me some Wes Anderson vibes. In it some, did. Like when he was like going through like the, when he was like climbing out of the horn to clean it. Or like when the camera was like panning up the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I dig that. I The shot that stands out to me in my mind is when it was the waves lapping like not lapping up against the island but just lapping in the ocean and it was black and white it looked exactly like a painting and i was like that is so aesthetically pleasing and it's on that um the ratio that looks like a box i forgot what exactly you Uh, said 1.19 to 1 yeah i dug that i thought that was cool obviously since they only had two actors the performances had to be great and they were absolutely stellar yeah I love the small cast for this movie because we have William Defoe, Robert Pattinson, the girl who played the mermaid, the Ephraim that flashes back in Robert and um, Robert Pattinson's character's memory every once in a while. And other than that, I can't really think uh, of. There, there was there were some guys who were dropping off Pattinson, mm-hmm. and, and that was really it. Yeah, there was probably less than. Ten people in oh, this movie. Oh wait! Oh wait! We can't. We can't forget uh, the one-eyed Willie of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just we're gonna say the the seagull. Mm-hmm. He's. Vo- <laughs> we'll talk about the seagull later because I think he's very funny. Sully Seagull. Sully Seagull. That's his name. That that's the seagull. Was it an actual seagull? I, I think it was. That's pretty cool. Did they kill? Spoiler. Did they kill an actual seagull? Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the humane side would have sued them by now. Oh yeah, Peter would have been all over. That. Yes. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure at least one of the cast members were vegan, so they probably would have left the movie if that happened. Yeah. Anna Taylor Joy. She was in The Witch. Um, she wanted to be the mermaid in this movie. But uh, Robert Eager, he said no, and then she jokingly asked if she could be a seagull in it. I think that goes to how much uh, the Robert Eggers like directing style that that one of the original actors wanted to immediately come back, even if it was in like a small role. Yeah, and that was her debut role too. I was and, like, dang. And the Vich. Mm-hmm. And now she's Princess Peach in the Mario movie. Yes. <laughs> 
come so far as an actress. But yeah, I like that. I like the story a lot. I thought this would be like a horror, like a really scary, like it's gonna creep me out horror film, but it was more of a psychological horror film. Like I expected monsters or something like weird entity to be there, but really it was just their own minds, which is equally as scary. Yeah. I also, I like the sort of quote unquote mystical elements in this movie too with William Defoe sometimes appears as a sea monster and the mermaid that appears every once in a while. I understand that you have to use those aspects sparingly, but part of me really wished that there was more like mythical creatures like that in the movie. But that could be like a spin-off deal if they really wanted to do it. Uh, uh, Eckers doesn't look like the type of guy who'd be up for spin-offs. Yeah. Especially for a movie like this. Yeah. If somebody wanted to make a remake in like 20 years, you could put more mermaids in then. Well, uh, 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 please no. But you know, instead of mermaids, how about mermen? Yeah, where's the merman? Yeah. S- sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to see some mermen. <laughs> that like, if we had like some sea monsters or something like that, that would have been cool. But I understand like that's not what the film wanted to focus on, so it had to be used sparingly. But the times they used it, they did it really well. Yeah, which I liked about it. Yeah, that's what I got on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what else do you like about the movie? Uh, in the beginning part, where stuff isn't like going insane and like Pattinson is just like having to do the chores. Mm-hmm. I thought they absolutely nailed the tedium of doing that type of work. Oh yeah. I felt like I was kind of doing the work with Pattinson. The I don't know if it was the sister necessarily because it was in black and white, but at the beginning when he was pouring that powder, I think it was their drinking water cuz they find a dead goal in it later. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought that was poop at first, but, but yeah, just, like, pouring, because, like, he looked disgusted on his face, so I was assuming he had to, like, pour that stuff into the poop and, like... But but then we found out that the the toilets were right next to their beds. Yeah, what the heck, man? Uh, and, and then later on, he, when he tries to throw them out, they just fly onto him. Oh, yeah. Because it's windy out there. Yeah, yeah. this movie, despite being horrifying, it's, it's surprisingly funny. It is at moments. Like, the inter- some of the interactions William Defoe and Robert Pattinson have in the movie are really funny. Like, where William Defoe's like, say you like my cookie, and Robert Pattinson's like, no. And he goes on this, William Defoe goes on this whole rant about how he's going to curse Robert Pattinson because he doesn't like his food. And then finally he's like, I, I like your lobster, I guess. Yeah, and apparently William Defoe did that all in his first take yeah i'd believe it and he apparently didn't blink for like two minutes i'd believe it (laughs) uh some other funny parts is when they started getting absolutely wasted Mm -hmm. like remember when they were like just dancing with each other yeah they were (laughs) drinking straight gas by the end of the movie oh yeah (laughs) and going crazy yeah yeah this movie is uh this movie is uh, this is what the pandemic was for a lot of people yeah (laughs) Just two guys being dudes, you know. That that's right. <laughs> oh, did you know that William Defoe played Jesus in the Last Temptation of Christ of yes. the Christ? I learned that recently. I don't. I think it's a Martin Scorsese film, actually. Yes. I've never seen it before, but I learned that recently, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, well, it, well, it makes sense. Uh, 
Omdfo is an angelic figure. He really is. He played Jesus, the Green Goblin. He was in a Wes Anderson movie, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, he, he was also in the in the submarine one. He was? Yes. That doesn't surprise me. I haven't seen that one yet. He was also in this Lars von Trier movie called Antichrist. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he played both ends of the spectrum. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd recommend not watching that movie if you're easily, uh, if you don't like some content. Yeah. I'd, I'd understand that. <laughs> But yeah, he's a very versatile actor, yes. I will say. William Dafoe was great. The character interaction oh, was oh, yeah. great. Oh, yeah. He was also that uh, that male witch in The Northman. Oh, he was in The Northman, too? Yes. That's dope. I haven't seen that one either. It's sometimes just funny. Yeah, because William Dafoe's character farts all the time. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson's like, I'm so sick of you and your farts. <laughs> like... William Dafoe's character is just a very mysterious guy all throughout the uh, movie, especially with the light in the lighthouse, because he won't let Robert Pattinson go up there. And by the end of it, we still don't know exactly what it is, but I think, I feel like we don't need to know, necessarily. Yeah, uh, I think it's implied with some of the uh, symbolism towards the end that it's meant to represent fire, because there's a lot of Prometheus imagery in this movie. yeah. With um, the one towards the end where William Defoe like grabs Robert Pattinson and he's naked. I don't remember what exactly they were doing, but they were outside. And the uh, final shot where the seagulls eating Robert Pattinson's guts. Yeah, that that's a lot of Prometheus imagery. Yeah, I wish I looked that up, but like looked up the specific images before, like coming on the podcast, but. We could look it up later. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I don't think I exactly know the story of Prometheus, but I know. Oh, wait. He's kind of. He Was he the guy that said, I'm deaf, destroyer of worlds? Or no, then? no, no. Prometheus was the guy who who introduced fire to mankind in Greek mythology. That's what I'm thinking of. Because I think he was referenced in Oppenheimer. That's probably why I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, because Oppenheimer's called the modern Prometheus, I think. Mm hmm. Because he was the father of the atomic bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And fire is basically uh, the atomic bomb in its actual most safest property. Yeah. Besides literal atoms. Yeah. That movie was deep. It made me rethink a lot of things. Yes. But uh, The Lighthouse is also a very deep movie. It is a deep movie. What, to you, what stands out about The Lighthouse? I think it absolutely, it gave me shining vibes. A little bit, yeah. Like, it absolutely nailed the insanity the two guys were going through as the movie went on. Mm -hmm. Especially for Robert Pattinson's character, because, like, I thought William Dafoe was insane, period, the entire time. Just, like, from the approach we were given in, like, the first opening scenes or so. But, yeah, Robert Pattinson, poor guy, he was going through it. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted to go home. The more we learn about the characters, the more we understand kind of why they go crazy, I guess. Because Robert Pattinson, he's he's not really taking a job just to take a job. He's, like, running from yeah. something. Yeah, because it's implied he, like, killed a guy. Yeah. And he, like, stole his name. For, like, the first hour of the movie, he goes by the name Ephraim. But that's the guy he killed, obviously. And Robert Pattinson's character's name is actually Thomas. So they're both named Thomas. 
And then every once in a while, he gets a flashback of Ephraim. And, like, at first it threw me off because I was like, who's this random guy? But then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's our guy that was killed, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, I like that they had Ephraim here, like, just in flashes, like, in one-second shots because I think that really ups the insanity of it of being trapped on this secluded space where you have to be alone with your thoughts and like you can't run from your past or your problems the things that haunt you and that really kicks off the psychological thriller for me i would say yeah like especially when uh when he confesses to wake Mm -hmm. and then wake sort of starts gaslighting him like telling him that all of this is like not real and stuff Mm mm-hmm do you think the lighthouse was actually like real or do you think it was like uh, I'll I, imagine <laughs> uh, I, I think it was real I, th- I think wake was was actually gaslighting Howard that that was that's Pattinson's last name because mm-hmm. he knew Pattinson would eventually kill him if he didn't stop him mm-hmm. what do you think okay did they ever confirm in the movie if wake killed his last wiki uh, I don't. I don't think so. It, it might be implied somewhere. Yeah. But but I think it's just because. Well, he mainly says it's because he went insane. Yeah, but like, he was gas. He's gaslighting Howard. That's. That that's a that's Pattinson's character's last name. Yeah, he's gaslighting Howard. So what should we put it past him that he wouldn't have done that to the last wiki? Yeah, and he's also not mentally stable as well since mm-hmm. we see him naked at the top of the lighthouse. Yeah. I thought he was having a weird intimate relationship with that lighthouse, man. Yes. He was very protective of her. <laughs> yeah. And, and that and that also goes back to the Prometheus uh, symbolism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... I don't know. Was Prometheus protective of fire, or did he just uh, give I it know, to the people? I know. Prometheus was the guy, because the fire was being protected by by another god. So Prometheus, I think, either had to sneak by that guy or, like, kill him in order to get it. Ah, uh, that, makes, that makes more sense to the movie, because Robert Pattinson literally killed William Defoe yeah. in order to get it. And then he died trying to get it, so, yeah. How did his guts spill out in this? How did he get outside? <laughs> uh, I, 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 th- I think he died when he, like, hit his head down the stairs. And, like, him and his body getting eaten alive is like him in the afterlife. Hmm. Stuck on the island. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Because in the scene where he gets killed by, where he kills the seagulls, where he kills that seagull, mm-hmm. it comes back to bite him because he's being eaten by seagulls in the end. Yeah. That was a that was kind of violent when he killed the seagull. He just smacked that sucker right against the drinking water like pit. So it's not a cistern. I'm not sure what you call it. Well, to be fair, if if I was stuck listening to seagull noise seagull noises for twelve hours a day as this old lazy guy just tells me to call him by sir like every hour, I, I mm-hmm. probably would go insane. Yeah. And there was a dead gull in there drinking water, too. Yeah. I'd be pretty upset. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, like, when you try to get water and all just came out of sludge. Yeah. That's, ooh, that makes me sad. What if this movie was in color? How would it be different? Uh, I, I think it would have been worse. Would have been worse? How so? 
because uh, I felt like because I felt like the contrast and the between the blacks and the whites really brought out the lighting and cinematography well. Yeah. And it really helped convey the absolute darkness and like despair of like of the situation. Yeah. Okay, here's a hypothetical situation for you. What if Wes Anderson made this movie and it was in color and in this style? How would you feel about that? There would have to be a lot of rewrites. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because I don't see Wes Anderson making a movie like this, like, ever. Even if he goes, like, insane himself. Yeah. But what I... I guess when I imagine this movie in color, I imagine it a little more, like... It's colorful. The colors still pop, but they're a little grainier. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And if and if they would do that, they they should have, they should have just stuck and just go full on with the black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off topic, but have you watched um, Wes Anderson's like short film series on Netflix? Sugar. One of them. They're based off. I don't know if they're all based off Ronald Dow books, but I know the first one is based off Ronald uh, Dow. Uh, I, I don't think so. Dang. I haven't seen it yet either. I knew it was happening, but I guess I guess it's been out since September, and I was like, I didn't know about this. But yeah. I I talked to um, Dr. Two about it, and he said, I know you like Wes Anderson, but and the scenes look great, and like the settings look great, but the story just kind of isn't there. And I was <laughs> and I was kind of this. I was like, yeah, I. That's what most people say about Wes Anderson stuff nowadays. Yeah. So I understand that. But anyways, back to the lighthouse. What other psychological aspects did you like about this movie? Well, since we talked about the mermaid earlier. Yeah. That was also a very weird part of it. Yes. Because because throughout the movie uh, we see uh, uh we see Howard uh. Yeah, a lot actually. <laughs> And it's sort of, and it's also implied that the mermaid is always like his sexual fantasy because he has that mermaid. Yeah, he has a charm he found in the bed. Yeah, and he was also, uh, it was also a when he had it in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you, well, what do you make of the charm? Because when he breaks it, after he, that whole sequence kind of goes down with, he he's doing it with the mermaid and like the lighthouse and everything he breaks it the charm he has and he tells he like confronts wake wake and thinks that wake's trying to gaslight him into going insane and he says i broke your charm i'm three now like i can't go crazy anymore what do you make of that i think that was a mix of of self-hate on his part Mm -hmm. and also his part of the illusions, because it's not like Wake gave him the charm or anything. He, like, he literally found it. Yeah, he found it in the mattress. Yeah. But I want to know, how did it get there in the first place? Uh, I think it was probably uh, either the guy Wake had before that went insane, or one of the guys who was already there leaving. Yeah, that just adds another level of depth to the story for me, because, like... If he found it in the mattress and say the second, like the last wiki slept there, what's what's to say that wasn't another, like one of Wake's quote unquote traps or lures or something like that? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. later in the movie when they start fighting, we see a Wake turn into into a sea monster and I mm-hmm. guess like a form of Poseidon. He also like 
when they're arguing about Wake's bag cooking, he like curses um, Howard in the name of Poseidon. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of that, but it's there. I wish I saw more sea monster William Defoe. It's yeah. kind of wacky. Yeah, yeah. If they ever somehow make, if they make another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, he should absolutely be casted. What what kind of role do you think he would play in a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, movie? Uh, he he'd absolutely have to be like the cursed pirate bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> Davy Jones. In the... <laughs> oh, okay. If they if they bring back Davy Jones, they absolutely need to bring back Bill Nye. Yeah. For real. Okay. okay, time for another tangent. Okay. Those pirate sequels absolutely underutilize Davy Jones. I've only seen the first and second Pirates movie. Uh, the third movie, uh, the real main villain was this guy named Beckett. Uh, he was basically like the leader of the British Navy mm-hmm. trying to kill all pirates. And he had a Davy Jones heart. So he basically could manipulate Davy Jones because... Because he can just, like, stab the heart and kill him. Yeah. And every time I saw Beckett's character on that, I saw Beckett, I knew, was a scene we missed out of Davy Jones again. Yeah. Well, did Davy Jones not die in the second one? Or am I remembering? Um, no, he died in the third one. Um, but yeah. they had his, but he had his heart in a box in the second one, didn't he? Uh, yes, uh. They were able to get that heart at the end of the movie. Yeah, because wasn't that like was that the heart of the sea or something? Uh, that that was the heart of Davy Jones. What were they looking for in that movie? Uh, the heart of Davy Jones. Oh, okay. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I binged the first trilogy of the Pirates of the Caribbean series after watching it in high school film class. Nice. What? How many pirates movies are there? Uh. There's five. Dead Man's Chest, the second one. Uh, I thought it was good, but definitely not as good as the first one. The first one was really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fifth one, At World's End, uh, it, it was very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Its highs were absolutely amazing, but its lows are really low. Yeah. As, especially since a lot of the movie was pirate politics. <laughs> Pirate politics. Yes. That's the last thing I want to talk about when I go to a pirate movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the next two movies, uh, uh, I haven't seen them since they came out. Yeah. And I heard they're pretty bad. Darn. Well, at least the first one's really good. Yeah. That's what I like. Dang. We should do a Pirates of the Caribbean review sometime now. Yeah. I love the first movie. Dang. I'm reminiscing. I kind of want to be a pirate to an extent. Yo, ho, ho. Yo, ho, ho. Yar har har in a bottle of rum. <laughs> what okay. will we do with a drunken sailor? What, what will we, we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? See, we could already be pirates right now. What are we doing in college? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to go find the One Piece. <laughs> okay, have you ever seen One Piece? Uh, uh yeah. I've I've seen a couple episodes in the first season i guess i can't believe there's over a thousand episodes of that though uh i I, i'm more of a i'm more of a manga guy so so do you think they'll ever find the one piece uh maybe when i turn 70 yeah maybe who's your favorite one piece character that's a hard one i mean from the episodes i've seen probably zoro's probably my favorite i like zoro 
Um, whoever the I want to say his name's Sanjay, but I don't think it's Sanjay. Sanji. Sanji. He's the sh- is he the chef guy with blonde hair? Yes, he's the guy who kicks a lot. Yeah, and I like is, him. And is also a a giant pervert. Oh, I don't like that about Marshall him. Teach. Marshall Teach. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's that ser. He's Blackbeard in that series. Ah, gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah, he's basically he's basically the anti Luffy. Dang. And he's kind of being set up as like as like the big bad of the series, besides two other characters like Akainu. Yeah. Did you watch the live action One Piece on Netflix? Uh, not yet, but I've heard it. It's not as bad as some other anime adaptations. Yeah, I Quentin watched it. He said it was pretty good. He doesn't like anime, so. Yeah, that that should be a good sign. Yeah. Uh, at, at least it's not the Death Note one. The Death Note. Did you watch the Cowboy Bebop one? Uh, no, but I heard it was bad. Yeah, I heard it was bad too. <laughs> uh, but but the Death Note movies were really bad. How many did they make? I I, I think they only made one. Okay. I, I think the only saving grace was that, is that they got uh, Willem Dafoe to play uh, Ryuk. Nice. Another William Dafoe. Yes. Yes. We. Yeah, we, we we went full circle. We really did. Oh, the soundtrack is is really great. Mm-hmm. Like how it uses the the horn as like part of it to like further like ramp the tension and like mm-hmm. the ever present doom in the movie. I like it. I dig it. I like how it's in the background and not like a sound effect necessarily you know like put in post audio production it sounds more like it's actually in the scene it gives a more immersive feel to the movie yeah when we see how it affects the characters like how howard is like putting like stuff in his ears so he doesn't go death yeah i like that I remember when he was uh, shoveling coal into the furnace, and I'm assuming the lighthouse, and William Defoe comes in and says, our rations are damp or whatever. Like, water got into the rations. That moment made me like, oh, crap. Because how are you going to get food, really? Besides the lobster traps, but, like, how else are you going to get food? And even that, they, they just end up, like, getting a dead body there. Yeah, the head of the previous wiki, presumably, I guess. Yeah, and it's implied that his soul is in the seagull that uh, Howard killed. Yeah, I'd believe that because William Defoe said, well, it's bad luck to kill a seagull in the movie. And William Defoe's character said that the seagulls carry the souls of the dead sailors, which I thought was neat. I like that he, I like that the seagull had one eye too. Yeah, and everything immediately goes to afterwards. Oh yeah, for sure. Also on the sound mixing Mm -hmm. Uh, i saw this movie in a completely empty theater nice (laughs) (laughs) and i kind of i don't know if it was because because the sound effects were able to really get into my ear that movie yeah yeah like when like pattison like finally gets into the lighthouse Mm -hmm. and he starts like screaming and like things start getting super saturated yeah that was weird i liked it though that was a weird moment yeah and I felt like that actually aided the movie because cause you really start feeling the pain that the characters are. Yeah. And 
even he he was covered in blood in that shot when he started screaming it it really felt like he was a completely different person like his psyche had transformed him into a completely different person yeah which i liked that a lot so yeah uh, i guess my only complaint with this movie would be the slow pacing in the first half i mean i don't think this is a movie where you can jump straight into things right away but it could be ramp it could be a little faster at the beginning yeah yeah i don't really have much i don't like about this movie either or that i think it could do better i said earlier i wish there was more like sea monsters and stuff in the movie but obviously this probably isn't the place for a sea monster movie but if they wanted to do something wacky hit me up and i'll write them a little sea monster fantasy <laughs> i think that was meant to be the point of the movie since yeah it's meant to show the slow descent into madness so i'm kind of conflicted on it because i gave it a 10 on my letterbox mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if i would drop it down to a nine because of that but I'm still conflicted since that was the point of it. You could give it a nine and a half. Meet the middle ground. Yeah, but Letterbox doesn't do 9.5s. Does 4.5s? That's a nine. That's oh. a nine on Letterbox. I can't do math, guys. I'm sorry. I mean, that's close enough. You get the you get the gist. We understand what you mean, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, but you give it a. So what? What's your final rating? Uh, around a a nine and a ten. 9 out of 10. I'd give this... I gave it an 8 on my letterbox. I enjoyed it. I. It's not exactly my type of movie, but I enjoyed the cinematography. The story was great. And, yeah. I gave it an 8. It was pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the audience definitely knows who more, who's the pretentious one in this chat. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy. Well... Since, well, you didn't watch Hocus Pocus. I'm really sad you didn't watch it because I thought it was a really fun movie. But yeah. I'll briefly talk about it because it's Halloween. I feel like it's worth mentioning. So Hocus Pocus is about Salem. It starts in Salem in the 1600s. And there's these three witches called the, San the Saunderson sisters. And basically their goal is to kidnap kids and suck the life out of them so they can be young and beautiful forever but they get caught and they're hung in the 1600s but they put a curse on everybody a virgin has to light this candle that they have in their house and they will be resurrected and so 300 years later in the 90s there's this kid named max and he's trying to impress this girl named allison and he's taking his sister danny trick-or-treating and they go to the Saunderson sister's house because Allison wanted to go. And Max lights the black flame candle. And the Saunderson sisters are resurrected from the dead. And their goal is to kidnap all the kids in Salem and suck the life out of them in the 90s. So, yeah. It's got a lot of dark themes for a kids movie. A Disney kids movie at that. They say the word virgin a lot for a Disney kids movie. And emphasize that Max is a virgin a lot in the movie. <laughs> but honestly, it was really fun. Like, it was really funny. I thought it was. I think it's a movie that both parents and kids can, under like, enjoy. And, yeah, it's just a fun little watch. Those dang virgins. Yeah. Lighting those candles. The letterbox reviews for that were funny because I read one of them and it said, if I lit the candle, nothing would happen. And I was like, guys, stop. <laughs> like, you're, you're giving us letterbox users a bad name. 
Letterboxd users a bad name. No, they're funny. I laugh at Letterboxd reviews all the time. But yeah, it's a really fun movie. Even if I kind of, I didn't grow up watching this. I watched it, I technically watched it for the first time all the way through last night. And I'm 20, but I kind of watched bits and pieces of it over the summer. But even still, it took me 19 years to watch this movie. And I'm kind of disappointed. Have you seen it before? No. Dang, you need to watch it. It's pretty good, honestly. I dig it. Okay, uh, off topic, but uh, I went to go see some of the Letterbox reviews for uh, The Lighthouse, and I'll just say some that stick out to me. Dinner with Pawpaw tonight. He made 12 lobsters for all six wikis, and only one showed. Love him. Mm-hmm. Not a cell phone in sight, just guys being dudes. I love that one. I got some ones I liked, too. The guys being dudes ones I liked. Um, William DeFart. Another one is, um, what, question mark? And they uh, gave it a five star. Yeah. Robert Eggers drenched in sweat, running to the desk, scratching down quickly in his notebook, only this. We're not going to explain what the is. You have to figure it out yourself. Yes, we're not getting banned by John Morris. Exactly. Um, this one is, this Lighthouse review is a reference to um, the Blink-182 song, All the Small Things. It says, work sucks. I know, <laughs> which I liked. But yeah, letterbox reviews are really funny. I read one about, I haven't watched uh, the Saw X, but I read one about Saw X the other day, and it really made me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, Hocus Pocus was a good time. Like, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, Bette Midler's in the movie. She plays the main witch, Winnie. She does a great job. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's also in it. She plays the kind of ditzy witch that's like, she she's hot but she likes boys and she's her powers literally like quote unquote seducing people or like she sing like they sing a lot in the movie the three witch sisters do so they can like hypnotize people in the trance and like kind of manipulate them to do what they want them to do and she sings and all these children like start migrating towards their house so yeah, there's also a witch, her name's Mary, I don't remember her actress off the top of my head, but her power is to like snip out children, so every once in a while she'll be like, I, sm I smell children, and <laughs> it's really funny. But yeah, there's a bunch of good sound bites in that movie, like Bette Midler's character is always screaming, like she has this book which has all her powers like her spells and potion recipes in it and she's always yelling Wook! and like the book levitates towards her and <laughs> it's just really funny she's really funny in that movie it's really good that's all i gotta say they say virgin a lot so if you if you get a kick out of that i would say watch hocus pocus what's your rating for it i gave it i gave it a four on letterbox i'd probably give it an eight eight and a half maybe it was just a fun time i enjoyed it a lot yeah you can't, like, it's probably not the best movie theatrically, but it's fun, which is just as important, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Ethan, you should watch Hocus Pocus in your free time, and I recommend that everybody else watch Hocus Pocus. Even if it's not your thing, watch it at least once. What? What? What, what? What, 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 what? What, 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 Can't believe we forgot to mention that part about the lighthouse. What? 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 That's the point. But yeah, watch Hocus Pocus if you haven't yet. Watch The Lighthouse if you're fine with some 
weirdness. And some some disturbing imagery to an extent, yes. I guess. Yeah. Be open to it. It is a psychological horror, so it's different than what you might think. But yeah, it was a good time. Both of these movies are really good. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for something on Halloween to watch, if you're looking for a little more scary watch, I'd say The Lighthouse. But if you just want to have stupid fun, watch Hocus Pocus. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, uh, The Lighthouse is not a movie you, you watch with your family members. No, <laughs> not at all. Don't bring your kids to watch The Lighthouse. Bring your kids to watch Hocus Pocus. Yes. For sure. Well, next movie is going to be um, less spooky and more uh, very... More real, I would say. Yes, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. What, what do you think we should expect from this movie or how are are you you're excited for it what are you anticipating for killers of the flower moon i'm expecting a very dramatic and also a very frustrating watching because of american history Mm -hmm. i'm ready to watch some uh estranged leonardo dicaprio acting in this movie yeah that's what i'm looking forward to well thank y'all for tuning in to our halloween episode of uh, uh, one of our many one of our many yeah we're gonna have some after halloween our belated halloween episodes so to... and, and, and one uh and a dio dos muertos one yeah which is it's kind of connected to halloween but not really uh it, it, it's more of like uh it's more of like a remembrance holiday i would yeah. say thank y'all for tuning in today happy halloween um please like share subscribe share us with your friends follow us on letterbox ethan's account is i'm just kind of okay my my account is tegan roll and yeah we'll see you at the movies next time guys thank you bye bye